Blog Talk Radio. Radio program. I'm Susan Larison Dan, and today is Saturday, July 31st, 2021. And I am very happy to welcome you here today as we, as a new month is coming, and I think we are all feeling whether no matter where you are in the world, you're either feeling that fall is coming or spring. Either way, we are feeling an opening at this time. And the reason I chose today's title, which is actually derived from a a favorite song in my youth, which I will talk about in a moment, is we need a good dose of love and miracles. Far too often, we are steered away from such concepts. And it is so important in our world today to really own and expand the spirituality that we know is real. And a repeating theme in this broadcast is my explorations and discussions of just how real spirituality is and just how important it is within our world. And people come to it in many different ways. And a world that mocks or denies spirituality is not our world. People may like to do that, some who've not really seen it or maybe are frightened by the idea or have some misconceptions about it or only associate it with this group or that group and, you know, oh, how we love to throw the judgments around these days. It's not associated with just this group or that group. You will find Within the realm of spirituality, people of multiple persuasions, disciplines, educational level, it is a world that invites us all. And far too often there are assumptions made 
that it only involves, oh, that small, you know, ignorant group of people or whatever, and that simply is not the case. And many people throughout history have not only embraced spirituality, have not only believed in spirituality, they have experienced it. They have experienced it. I had a couple things happen before this show. Um, I happened yesterday to see a post by someone I know, which kind of took me by surprise, because it described a level of synchronicity in the world that is very much present, and it was a jointly witnessed thing that was described. Multiple, um, basically impossible coincidences that two people together observed. And they wondered, are we in Oz? What is this? Because it actually had to do with the Wizard of Oz, these concepts. And even a rainbow was included. And it really touched my heart to see it because we are often looking at spirituality in terms of, um, you know, very stark in some ways, um, laws or principles. Um, without realizing that the miraculous world appears when it appears to people. And I love it when it's it's more than one person at once. I've even talked about this on this program before. It's not in one person's mind. It's not a single, um, it's not someone's imagination. It's not some dysfunction of the mind. These things can be jointly witnessed like, wow, did we just see that? Wouldn't you like to live in the miraculous world? It's real. People who enjoy movies like The Matrix. And let me remind you, I come from a scientific background. In fact, um, the people who observed something who I won't identify, there's no need. I haven't forewarned them. I don't even know that's possible. One of them might listen to this show, hard to say. Um, one of them does come from a scientific background, but they are, they're spiritual individuals. I wouldn't exactly call them mystics, but I don't really know. I mean, how can we know someone's experience? Because mysticism is what happens when we transcend above what seems to be everyday reality and you look around and it doesn't mean that you're in some dream state or something like that although that can be a part of a mystical experience mysticism is the experience of what some would call the quantum world. We don't need to call it simply quantum. That isolates it to just one belief system. And those of you who are familiar with this program know that I don't isolate my discussion here to just one belief system. So I kind of avoid terms like quantum because I want to welcome other people who are having experiences within their spiritual practice, whatever that is. Before the show today, I just happened to observe a Hasidic Jew ceremony. It was in a movie, 
And it really touched me, the reverence of this. It was just a depiction of something. It was very, very simple, and yet it, it touched me. And how this person was creating a space, was creating a sacred space, was this person in this movie, again, no need to go into great detail, um, expecting some surprising, miraculous, or mystical experience? Not necessarily. But it struck me the sacredness of what I observed really came through to me. That's why it is so important especially now, that we attest to our spiritual experiences in the ways that they are coming to us. What is a synchronicity? It's a meaningful coincidence. And that's what happened to these people that I know who posted one of them posted about it, and I think the other also responded, if I recall, that they saw something that was, you know, it was like a song played, and then, you know, they had seen something based on us, and a song played, and then suddenly here's a rainbow, and they look at each other like, wow, that's what it's like, wow. The title of today's program is derived from a song, and, you know, it really makes me reflect on who I was as a young person, and I want you to reflect on who you were. No matter how old you are, you may be a young person listening, and I welcome people of all ages here. Sometimes I tend to say I didn't really see things as clearly. Well, no, not as clearly, but oh my goodness, I was looking for them. I was looking for that world to open up. And one of the groups, which was my favorite group as a teen, that helped to open up my world was the group Kansas. And my favorite song at the time was Love and Miracles Out of Nowhere. And I'm just going to give a few of the lyrics of this song because it's very much applicable to how we can live in the world. It can seem like the love and miracles do come from out of nowhere. And how important it is to be reminded that it is unconditional love that is the very fabric of the divine and of the multiverse. However you define it, it is unconditional love that is the fabric that you yourself is inseparable from. Yes, we see things that we could say are of the shadow, but the light my friends, the light with a capital L is really all that's real. The shadow just teaches us things. We're learning about the light. We probably wouldn't even see the light here in this earth experience if we weren't here, and I actually am one who believes that we choose to be here. If we weren't here having a learning exercise, life to life, to life. Here are a few lyrics from Love and Miracles Out of Nowhere from Kansas. It starts out very mystically, and I won't read every every stanza here. On a crystal morning, I can see the dewdrops falling down from a gleaming heaven. 
I can hear the voices call. That's a mystical song right there. And later, um, I love how in one part of this to- this song, um, and, and I'll paraphrase a few things because I, I don't want to give all the lyrics. I'm always a little bit hesitant to give entire lyrics of a song. Um, they talk about how this must only be the domain of the crazy, you know. Hey there, Mr. Madman. What you know that I don't know? Now see, they're looking for something there. Tell me some crazy stories. Let me know who runs this show. This person that they've identified in this way has nothing they can share with them. But it does identify a principle of a shamanic experience that it can be incomprehensible to the experiencer and those who observe, those who are experiencing it. And we can be fortunate in our unfolding world today that there are people, scholars, people throughout various disciplines who are really studying shamanic experience, studying higher spiritual emergence experiences, and looking at these as not some flaw, but as a possibility, as dangerous as they can be. And they can be. I mean, if you're not in a proper um, atmosphere, you know, those certain cultures and in our past, I mean, there used to be mystery schools where they would intentionally go into these experiences. And I've talked about this before. There, there are realms that are very high, but rather wild. And I'm not even talking about that today. I'm talking about the everyday presence of the miraculous the everyday presence of the magical, however you refer to it, because you can come to it in different ways. I have seen that being in a space of love and wonder really helps. If you fall into a space of fear about any spiritual experience, it can, and it doesn't mean that the fear is more powerful or um, even more real than the love of the divine. It's not. But you can fall out of alignment with what that love is. So if you ever see something or feel that you're experiencing something fearful, and if that's really dominating you, I do recommend to you that you reach out to someone for some assistance. Um, preferably a spiritual counselor of some kind, someone who's oriented in that way, who will understand that spiritual experience is real. Um, and there are people like that in many disciplines who can assist. But you know, that's just if it's totally dominating you. There are times when fears will come up right in front of you, even like an echo. And you're like, you just when you do that, you just weed it out. You just say, oh, nope, fear. I'm not paying attention to you today. And you just let it go. And it takes practice, but more and more, you'll be focused on the love. This is how you can be present in the miraculous world. It takes practice. It does. You see a fear. You say, you know, you're, it's, we're, it's natural for us to be in fear at times. This is a program. It's been on 
the air since 2010, and we've been talking about fear here, but it doesn't mean that fear doesn't exist. It's just how do we work with our fears? You know, sometimes fear can be a catalyst. Sometimes what we call fear is really just something we need to be careful about in our world. Like, do you have to, are you terrified of the stove in your kitchen? No, but um, you probably know not to touch it when it's heated up. How do you learn that right at first? Is there a little fear? Maybe, but there's a difference between fear and caution and just mindfulness. What's being mindful of what to steer clear of and what is, you know, actual terror? There's a difference, a big difference. Back to the song by Kansas. Here I am, just waiting for a sign, asking questions, learning all the time. It's always here. It's always there. Just love and miracles out of nowhere. I so love this song, and I love that I loved it as a teen because I really was searching. I knew, I knew that this miraculous world was there. I could almost feel it. And yet I didn't quite step into it until many years later. Gently perhaps, but not to the level that we can experience it. And I have to tell you, when you do, it's not just real to you. You can be standing in a room with a 100 people and an amazing synchronicity will occur. Um, something on the radio, something happens. I mean, it's just so impossibly coincidental and maybe and often more than one. And it's just like, wow. Wow is usually the response. In fact, I have experienced this many, many times, and I know others in my life who have as well. And the funny thing is is that you never stop saying, wow, or good one. Like, wow, that's a really good one. Or, wow, that is just amazing. And as a scientist, you look at them and say, that is so statistically improbable that that would happen. So, yes, we look for signs. I think we naturally do. I find that when my life is a bit more settled, like lately, I I discovered that, you know what, I'm not really looking for signs so much these days. It doesn't mean that I'm done exploring. In fact, I'm looking at at making a change right now that maybe I would want some affirmation. But it seems like I'm getting stronger within myself. Although, come to think of it, no, I really did ask for something recently. We all do this. I just don't do it quite as much as I used to because there's just a, I I still see the miraculous world, but I'm not always asking, what am I going to, you know, show me a sign. I need a sign. You don't always have to be in that space. In fact, that can get a little bit carried away if it dominates every, you know, every minute. You're always looking, 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 and then you're outside of yourself. But this week, actually, to be honest, I really did ask for some guidance. And immediately, at that moment, and I didn't even know it was happening, someone related. I had not heard from this person, not a friend, just um, this is this is more of a, you know, should I go down this path? situation, someone I had corresponded and talked with, they wrote to me in that moment out of the blue about the very thing that I was wondering about. And it was like, because I really did ask, I need some guidance. You know, 
from the divine? Is this really um, the next step? You know, what should I do? What should I do? And, um, you know, sometimes we don't hear that. Sometimes we have to decide, but we can get guidance too. It's both. It can happen both ways. And right at that moment, someone emailed me I had not heard from in a year from the very place that I was wondering about. And now I am pursuing that, and I feel more confident in that, knowing, wow, that really was affirmed. And yet deep within me, I already knew that this was a path to look down. But I'm feeling more confident that it's going to work out, and I'm sure I may even share more of it with you in a future show because that affirmation came through. But it did get a wow for me. Like, wow, I mean, how how could it be that I would get a direct confirmation right then? And that's exactly what happened. And I didn't even see it for two hours because I wasn't on my computer. I came on my computer and I thought, you know, that person must have written within minutes of my asking. Sometimes, though, right before you ask, don't assume that linear time is dominant. Not in that realm. Linear time is just how we navigate through this world. But in every other world, and really in reality, time is not linear. So, yep, you can get the answer even before you ask. (laughs) That can happen. So look for that as well. So when we talk about this song, it's always here. It's always there. And how we're... The song is about exploring and learning and bringing in more information on the path where we are led. And that's very important. And it really makes me feel good to know that this was my favorite song as a teen because although I remember who I was to a degree, sometimes I don't realize just how deeply I yearned for this. And I'm going to tell you about another synchronicity in a moment that has to do with just that, a reading that I opened right to within a book, which I've done on other shows. And today, this one's really unlikely, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. Going to jump in this song. Let's see what else. Um, okay, another important part. It's so simple. And I'm pretty sure that what I'm reading doesn't say this lyric, but it really says, lying right before your eyes, if you'll only look through this disguise. And the real song may say the disguise. I'm reading some lyrics online. It's always here. It's always there. It's just love and miracles out of nowhere. The world is disguised. The miraculous world is right in front of us. And when you start to open it up, and it opens up to you, I cannot tell you how exactly. The only how is to be open. But sometimes that doesn't happen. You're not open, and it just shows up. Don't assume that the divine isn't reaching out to you isn't helping you on your path. Far too often we isolate ourselves from that aspect of the divine that's reaching to us, that's helping us to reach to what that is. And that gets lost within all these discussions of more fundamentals, you know, you do this, 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 and this, these steps. Let that go. If you want to pursue that, that's okay. But just let it go in a moment and just feel 
what is reaching out to you? If you have a concern about something being dark or low vibrational or, you know, however you might label that, um, make sure that if it makes you feel more comfortable that what you're reaching out to is aligned with the creator. Even use that word if you believe that there are, you know, there certainly are some low vibrational things out there. I mean, there's low vibrational stuff in this world. It's just the shadow. The light is stronger. The light is stronger. And that light is within you. I opened my book that I, I have a couple of books I like to open, and I thought, well, I'll bring this book over here again. More than once in the past, I swear it's happened, maybe three shows, I have opened to Edgar Allan Poe. And I always say, I, what could Edgar Allan Poe possibly have to say? I mean, look at that. Look at how I preject. Because, you know, I know we know of some things that Edgar Allan Poe has written. You know, they're usually kind of scary. You might hear them at Halloween. I actually used to be in a speech club years and years ago, and I would read um, one of those as an interpretive reading. I used to read The Telltale Heart was one or The Raven, and they're scary things, right? I mean, that, what does that have to do with love and miracles? Are you kidding me? I don't really want to talk of too much about the shadow. You know, why did I just open to Edgar Allan Poe? And it's happened before, and I've just kind of denied it. I've said, no, I'm not. I, I don't want to talk to you, Edgar Allan Poe. It's like, what? what are you doing? Well, today I opened, and I looked at the page, and I said, wow, <laughs> I see. I don't know this passage. And it has something to say to us. And here's someone who often dwelt on the shadow. Edgar Allan Poe is known for spending a lot of time looking at the shadow. And yet he also looked at the light. And I really know very little about his own spirituality. But this essay, which was written in 1848, let's see, I believe so, 1848, and the exact page that I opened to says this. An immortal instinct deep within the spirit of man is thus plainly a sense of the beautiful. And beautiful is with the capital B. But the very first thing I saw on the page was the struggle to apprehend this is later on the page. The supernal loveliness with a capital L. This struggle on the part of souls fittingly constituted has given to the world all that which it, the world, has ever been enabled at once to understand and to feel as poetic. He's actually talking about poetry but he's talking about it in a higher way. And however one comprehends the synchronicity, it's here. In fact, he even says, this is also a little bit before, I'm not reading the whole passage. I saw this second um, when I looked at this page. I was kind of jumping around. Um, he talks about inspired by an ecstatic prescience of the glories Beyond the grave, he talks about, 
We struggle by multiform combinations among the things and thoughts of time, with a capital T, to attain a portion of that loveliness, whose very elements perhaps appertain to eternity alone. And also earlier he says it is the desire of the moth for the star. Earlier, the thirst belongs to the immortality of man. And some of this I'm really reading just as we talk. We have still, and I'm reading backwards, believe it or not, that this is what I'm talking about. It's not even linear. And he even talks about time in this passage. We have still a thirst unquenchable to allay which he has not shown us, the crystal springs. Not sure who he's referring to there. I'm not going to read the whole passage. This is from The Poetic Principle, an essay by Edgar Allan Poe. And I just cannot think of a more unlikely author that I would open to who always writes about the shadow, writes scary things, you know, quotes the raven and just scary stuff, the telltale heart. It was very dramatic. I remember doing that, like I said, as a reading because it had drama. And I was that kind of kid. I was kind of like Joe and Little Woman, Women, you know, where they um, – I they like to do pirate stories and things. And I had this kind of pleasure in doing that at that age. Um, and um, I just couldn't imagine he had something to say, but he did. He did. And it really does pertain to what I'm talking about. In fact, the very fact, you know, this is a very large book. This is on page 886 of a book that, oh, it's at least, it's over 1,600 pages. This is a literature book, and that's what I turn to. I've seen those kinds of synchronicities over and over, but this one I resisted because it was Edgar Allan Poe. I also turn in another book to someone, um, his name was Thomas Henry Huxley, and I haven't read too much of it, but this enters us into another thing I want to explore today that I've touched upon before as a scientist. This particular author did not talk about the spiritual. He was denying the spiritual and denying many things. He really wanted what we would call materialism, which isn't um, science, is not just materialism. There are, there are a lot of people who will say that's science, um, but that's actually materialism. Science is the actual pursuit of truth. And if that, if that pursuit leads you down a spiritual path, which it can and does because that's part of our reality, that is part of the truth that we should be exploring. So if we were real scientists, we would be exploring our actual reality. We would be looking at things like, you know, um, we'd be looking at things so much more compassionately, for one, because um, I come from a background, um, and even though I myself was too young to be a part of this, where my grandfather ran a church. Um, he started a church, and he, in that church, healing took place. And there, or someone in my family was healed from polio many years ago at a very early outbreak of polio, which was in the 1920s, because I used to question, I'm like, gosh, um, it was either the 20s or the 30s, probably the 30s. I would have to be the 30s, yeah or maybe the late 20s, 1920s, and it happened. This person was dying, was three years old, and got up and walked. 
And people will say, oh, that's just all a big lie. There's no proof. And yet there have been studies of the power of prayer. And we in the spiritual community have a responsibility. People are making all kinds of choices today. And note that I'm not really speaking to those specific choices. I know people and, you know, each and every one of us is making a variety of choices right now. This has nothing to do specifically with those choices, but it does have to do with how you view the world. I mean, it certainly can influence how you think about different choices, absolutely. But the fact that we are totally denying, you know, for so long we denied human interaction and touch. And I mean, and we really expected people to heal. I mean, even in a non-spiritual world, if you didn't believe in any of it, um, that kind of a stark world um, would not facilitate recovery. And so it is my hope that we really, when we really, if we make it through everything that's going through, because we're going through a lot of darkness right now and a lot of derision and a lot of um, very difficult stuff at the moment. But if we make it through, which I hope we do, I really do hope planet Earth has a chance to make it, (laughs) but to do it, we're going to have to become more spiritual. I really do believe that because that's reality. We're going to have to become honest about our world instead of denying what's real. And materialism will always be a school of science, perhaps, and maybe someday it will not be an active school anymore. But the real school of science is the pursuit of truth. And if you're not pursuing truth, you know, this study doesn't get funding because what? We're not going to look at that. Are you kidding me? You want us to look at telepathy? Oh, that's a bunch of garbage. Well, guess what? I mean, these things are happening. And there are plenty of things that real researchers are looking at who aren't afraid to pursue truth. And I'm happy to be one of them. doesn't put me up on a pedestal per se. I haven't done enough. I wish I'd done more because I've done a lot of research. Well, not a lot. I've done my life is busy. <laughs> my life has been very full. And so I haven't been able to do as much as I would like and certainly haven't shared as much as I would like. But what I have seen, and I'm not the only one in these fields, is amazing. And yet it's demonstrable. There are things that cannot be explained, and you can look at it right there on the page. It's not some ethereal thing that you can't even verify or look at. There are things that you really can observe. And, you know, there are people out there studying the heart, the Heart Math Institute, places like that. I'm not really um, too into that. I mean, I don't know too much about them. I know they're doing experiments, though, where they're reaching outside the box. That's science. Science has always been an exploration outside the box. Science has always been one paradigm replacing the other because we figured out that we were wrong about that or this group of hostile people – Science historically can be quite hostile towards new ideas, but eventually when a new idea is true, it takes over because it's true. I still need the passage. I don't know if it's in this particular book where Benjamin Franklin was laughed at, laughed at in London, the Royal Society of London, this lofty, lofty group of scientists laughed at his paper having to do with lightning relating to electricity, this concept he was exploring. 
and others were exploring too, and they laughed at him. And he was told that they laughed at him. Did that mean that he no longer believed that electricity and lightning have something to do with each other? Of course not. It wasn't a belief. He'd observed it. He observed it. He knew. It didn't matter how much they laughed. They could laugh. It it didn't matter who they were or how much they laughed. He knew that because of he was exploring some new reality, some existing reality, but a new understanding of the reality of our world, no one could laugh him out of the room. Laugh they may, but sooner or later he was right because it was the truth. People can laugh at the truth all they like. Let them. Actually, we're free to be who we are, but this let them business um, does carry a problem. One of the reasons I've chosen to take this time week after week after week to talk about um, these themes is because we can't let them. We can't let them. We are denying ourselves. We are denying what we know is true. I have been healed. I have observed miraculous healings. I have seen something miraculous heal while when you wish upon the star was playing over the intercom in a medical facility and was really on this CD. It was Christmas time. It was some kind of Disney CD and a miracle occurred. I have seen things happen. You out there have seen things happen. Why? Do we continually deny our own reality? Well, there are reasons. I mean, those voices that are judging and mocking and um, doing other things that are very dark, um, that are not open to truth. I mean, they certainly believe they are, but they're not really open to truth. Um, They're not open to true exploration. Um, They're strong. I mean, they can be very overbearing. And I I'm not as brave as I'd like to be in this domain. I wish I had put more things out there. I've got friends um, from high school. I mean, I was, you know, um, a scholar. Um, I did very well in school. And um, I was voted most scholarly in my class, which I actually really like. That's a that's a really good thing to have been voted. Um, and um, because that means you're really looking at things And that's what I want to be now, not in some abstract way, not an abstract scholar, but that that person who is researching and looking for truth and documenting and seeing what can be said to help us all understand truth because it can shift our paradigm. Who will be the scientists who will open the door? Who will be the scientists that will bring on the next stage for humanity? Science is not incompatible with spirituality, pursuit of truth. And I'm even paraphrasing the movie Contact, which I was going to mention earlier. In the movie Contact, which is a very good movie, if you haven't seen it, about um, contact with ETs, um, there's this puzzle that they're looking at. They get this message, and it has it's a multidimensional message. I mean, on one level, first they see this strange thing and um, they figure it out in terms of mathematics. Then they look at it 
more deeply and they realize, wow, this is an image. Then they look at it more deeply and they realize, wow, these are instructions. Our world is like that. Our world is like that. The primer, that's what it's called in that movie, the rules, the instructions, it doesn't mean these are stark, these are the rules and this is what it is. The mystical reality is so much grander than just some stark set of rules. There may be some steps, there may be some things that are helpful, but that transcendent reality, it is so much grander. That's where spirituality really takes flight, and quite literally, that's where spirituality shifts the planet. This world is filled with the divine. We are filled with the divine. We are inseparable from the love that binds us all together. We are inseparable from the love and miracles. I am sure there are many of you out there listening who have witnessed something you cannot explain. And I hope that you open yourself up to that. Do it in a way, depending on what background you come from, that makes you feel safe. Say, you know, I, I only want to, you know, I want to be open, but to the Creator. That really helps if you have fears about where something might be coming from. Make it compatible with the Creator. That love loves you. You are so special. There is not a being in all of the multiverse who is you, except you. You are a unique creation. I know that some spiritual teachers will say, let go of your stories. You're not your stories. You're, you're the multiverse. This spiritual teacher who's talking to you now tells you you're both. You are glorious you. You are you with all of your um, journeys through this confusing world that is filled with light and shadow. You are imperfect you, yet so perfectly imperfect because you chose to have this experience on this place that's known as a planet. I was thinking about that the other day, too. You know, we so emphasize, how many times have we heard, you know, Earth is this special planet, humanity is this or that. Well, it is in a way, just like you are. I'm sure there is not a planet out there that is like Earth. There is not a species out there that is like humanity. And isn't that amazing? Because that's creation. Don't distance yourself from who you are. You can still transcend and feel the oneness of the multiverse, of the divine, of spirit, of the angelic realm, however you choose to call it. You can feel that as you. What a joy it is to be you. What a joy it is to be you observing these miraculous things wandering through creation and everything you experience 
is going into the experience of everyone. That's why creation is so cool. You've heard about the Akash, perhaps. By the way, live show, thank you for being here. We're getting to the end of 45 minutes, which I tended to find this as. Um, and I will say to those of you listening live, and thank you to Blog Talk Radio for supporting this show today and surfacing it while live, um, go to FrontierBeyondFear.com to learn more. I will be blogging today at some point, um, and um, you can find out more about this show there. So thank you, live audience. Um, I will continue a little bit longer. We are gloriously us. We are gloriously the earth. I am gloriously me. You are gloriously you. You are a unique creation. And you are loved. Don't lose sight of how loved you are and what is possible. You are loved for every difficult part of your journey. And I truly do believe that we chose to be here to learn. We could only have been derived from the divine because that's all there is. We could only have been created by the divine to be who we are in this place, in this imperfect place. Do I have issues with how dark it can be here? You better believe it. I feel like taking that up with, you know, um, whoever, you know, taking it up with us, so to speak, you know, and the higher um, aspects of who we all are. I do see that as personified. I see it as many things. It's, um, it's, I feel like everything is sentient. Even, you know, the entire multiverse is alive, and I'm not the first to say that. But sure, that's the big question on the planet. It's like, why? Why did we take this so far? Why even bother to be in a place where this or that happens? Why, why are we in a place where Nazi Germany happened? Why did we choose that? Or where, you know, just one conquest after another over and over and over again through history. And I've talked about this before, how all we seem to do is develop new forms of weaponry, and that's considered the advancement of humanity. Sure, we develop other things, but there's always that advancement of having to defend yourself and having to fight and having to be a part of some conquest. That's not an advanced civilization, and yet we're here and we're advancing. Those of us who are experiencing the spiritual reality, who see it around us and we know it's real, and yes, sometimes jointly, it's not just, oh, ha-ha, that's in your head. It's not like that. You can often show someone else. You can show yourself. You can, you know, I can look at this book. That How did I open to this page? Often that will happen. Or you turn on the radio. Or you turn on the TV. And there's some affirmation. Or what happened to me the other day where that person I hadn't heard from in a year and was just, you know, it's a professional. Well, it's not even professional. It's a choice that I need to make. Um, in my upcoming path, and they just wrote to me out of the blue, what are the chances when I asked for some guidance? We can get guidance, but we also have free choice. All of these notions around how you don't have a choice or, um, you know, that that we are to only be dictated to by by some higher figure, whatever that may be, that's not compatible with creation. 
We're here to freely choose. Even some forms of spirituality um, that may have a a a, um, a form of God defined that seems more like a, like they're dictating. Even in those forms of spirituality, you if you study them more deeply, they say you're given a choice whether to believe in that or not. No one can take away as a created being your free choice as you're living through your reality. It can seem that way, and there are a lot of harsh things on this planet where people's choices have been taken away. But in reality, as a freely created being, you are here creating your journey. Even if other people are infringing on it and doing things, sure, we're all interacting together. And there are lessons that we're teaching one another. And I think in a lot of ways, um, we're learning what happens um, when when we infringe. Um, and so that we don't do that. I don't know what the next phase is. I don't know where we go. I really do believe we continue. I believe that um, we continue in many ways. Um, we are... Free created beings, and that is derived from our very essence of being here. So make sure that you own that as well today. But most of all, and believe me, it's hard. I know it's hard. I don't do it well all the time. I'm getting braver. I'm doing it more by having this program. We have to be as honest as we can about our right to be spiritual. It's that simple. Just because somebody else is mocking, like the Royal Society of London said, ha, 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 that guy in America he thinks electricity and lightning are the same. Oh, that's just ridiculous. Doesn't make them right. And they're becoming stronger and stronger in their domineering influence. If we steer away from a love-based spiritual planet, I really don't think humanity will make it. And as spiritual beings, We'll go on, and our experiences will be in the Akash, or however you want to say that is, our shared experience. And people in other places, people, beings, will say, ah, yeah, there's the story of planet Earth. They really had potential. But you know what? We gave it a good shot. We won't be disappointed. We'll go on to something else, or maybe we will. I mean, I love to believe that we have some feelings. I mean, if we just lose all feelings and we're just like starkly, um, you know, there's no variation in feeling in that realm, I, I tend to think that wouldn't be true. But I think that we have a higher way of feeling. No disappointment gets to us as much as it does in this space. We'll just go on. And we'll say, yep, we certainly learned a few lessons there. What will we do on this planet? Or what are we doing? What are they doing over there? I think I'm going to go over there next. Or let's go create another one. 
and let's see what we can do. Or even on this planet, there have been other times and other people, and there's been evidence of that. It's kind of subtle, and we don't really have all the proof, but I've certainly had people on this program in the past, you know, things, questions like, did Atlantis exist? Did Lemuria exist? Were there other civilizations on this world? Were there other technological civilizations? When people talk about finding artifacts on the nearby uh, moon and different things, was that us? That could have been just another part of us, an earlier part. Certain things in the Bible tend to speak to there being things that used to exist. So we don't know all our history. This planet's been around a while. But whether it's this planet or another, heck, even our materialistic scientists are finally saying that, yeah, hey, we've observed some other worlds, so there must be other planets. I just find that. I mean, the chances of us being the only planet, that is so unlikely. But, yeah, I guess, you know, if you follow it, you got to see it, and then you say, oh, yeah, yeah, there are other planets. We see evidence of that. What else is like that? What else do we know? Do we know as spiritual people that, you know, we just need to find a few more facts to show it? It's not always easy. You can certainly prove it to yourself if you see enough of it or to a group. But there are always going to be those people like in the Royal Society. Well, maybe not always. If we really raise our vibration on this planet, we won't be like that anymore. Just like right now, we all acknowledge lightning has to do with electricity. But I don't think we've all acknowledged the true nature of light with a capital L. That will happen when spirituality is integrated into what we know as truth. I'm going to end here since we're getting close to the hour. Thank you so much for being here today. If you are appreciating what you're hearing, I certainly invite you to pass it on and let people know um, because I am... When I get to it, I am going to start putting this on more platforms so it's available. And I also invite you, if this is how you really feel, do your best, just like I am and my imperfect best, let me tell you, to be who you are, to be at least a piece of who you are, even if it's just a tiny little opening of a crack with someone you know, like um, even if it is talking about you know, is that really compassionate? Or, um, you know, all this um, nastiness, all this, you know, that's going on and criticism of people. It's like, you know, do, do we really know what those people think? I mean, what they feel, what they've seen? Do we really know about them? Or are we just projecting and making assumptions? That's spirituality, too. There are so many aspects of how we can bring who we are into our world. And, to be honest, our world depends on it. Do we want to make it? Do we want to be one of the planets that gets past that hurdle? You know, um, people who design rockets talk about how you have to push through, you know, that let's, let's, Think about that in a spiritual way. 
we need to push through something, not by force, not by imposing, but I mean we've got a barrier up. It's an illusion, like every barrier on this planet, but there are people attempting to impose this barrier. And who are we going to be? Who are we? Who are they? And wouldn't they love to know who they really are? Take care, everyone. I should be here next week, and I look forward to talking with you again. Go to FrontierBeyondFear.com, and yes, I will be blogging today at some point. I have not been an active blogger lately. kind of took a break after blogging every day earlier in the year. Um, but I do feel some of these same thoughts need to be discussed in writing. And I'm also opening up some of my research sites, and I've also, some of the doors that I'm opening, I believe, will lead to some more formal teaching, even partnering um, in some ways. And there's just a lot of stuff going on, and I'm really excited about it. So take care, everyone. I will see you next time, and explore the archive if you haven't been if you haven't heard a recent episode, I invite you to look. The linear time one is is um, gathering some momentum. I know a number of you have listened to that. Spiritual freedom is another one I saw that was starting to rank a little bit. Um, we have a pretty um, small group here. This show has been um, has had a real outreach over time, and right now, you know, we're we're just. I'm going to continue to speak to this group of people. No matter how big it is, I will keep speaking because I know that it's only if it's only one heart that I'm reaching today, and if that's you, I'm so happy you're here, and thank you. Take care.